2000s, very few pop culture moments were as influential and crucial to the culture as American Idol. The show brought us some of our favorite musical artists, with one of them being teen dream Jordan Sparks. Jordan was only 16 when she competed on the show and released her debut self-titled album at the age of 17. And to the surprise of many critics, the album was a strong pop and R&B effort and supplied what now is considered to be some of the most signature songs of the 2000s era. From Tattoo to One Step at a Time to the Chris Brown A to Duet No Air, this album is chock full of hits. So get out your CD players because we are going to be going down a trip down memory lane with everybody's favorite idol, Jordan Sparks. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. Welcome to a new episode of the Planet 2000s podcast. This is your host, Michael Kadosh, and today we are going to be talking about one of the American Idol winners, Miss Jordan Sparks. Now you guys, I have to say, I was a giant American Idol fan back in the day. You guys have no idea. I guess I was probably seven when the first season aired in 2002, and I obviously watched that first season, and I just kept watching it for a good, honestly, a good 12 years. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like, up until I was about 20 years old, I was watching American Idol every single year. It was one of my favorite shows in the world. I would watch it every single week. I wasn't allowed to vote because in Canada we couldn't vote, but I had family in the U.S., and I would always get them to vote. I had my favorites, and every year I would have a favorite, and they would never win. But this year, my favorite did win. And it was Jordan Sparks, you guys. I loved her from the second that I saw her. And that first audition, when she sang Because You Love Me, I just fell in love with her. The rest is history. She went on to have a successful music career. And today we're going to be talking about her first record, which is a self-titled album. I am excited to get into it with you guys. Jordan Sparks is a self-titled debut album by season six, American Idol winner Jordan Sparks. The album was released on November 20th, 2007 on Jive Records and 19 Recordings, which was the sub-label that all the American Idol winners got signed to. This was the first time that an Idol winner didn't get their deal with RCA Records, fun fact, or any of sub-labels such as Arista, J, or RCA itself. Jordan had gotten her deal with Jive Records. So she was 17 years old when the album was released, and it came after she spent an entire season on American Idol building her fan base as a fresh-faced 16-year-old from Phoenix, Arizona. And I was a part of that fan base. Thank you very much. 12-year-old Michael was a huge Jordan Sparks fan. Before appearing on American Idol, Jordan had already done her fair share of singing competitions, such as America's Most Talented Kids, Colgate Country Showdown, and more. Even frequently performing at sporting events for the Phoenix Suns, Arizona Cardinals, and Arizona Diamondbacks, as her father was a football player as well. Um, my dad is Felipe Sparks. He played in the NFL for nine years. Oh, uh, yeah. He has no idea. Oh, yeah. What position? He was corner. He played opposite Jason Seahorn on the That's yeah. right. Giants. Yeah. On the Giants, yeah. yeah. After not making it past the first round of the LA auditions for American Idol, Jordan tried again that same year in Seattle. Obviously, you guys, that is the famous audition that we all saw her and where we all met her and the one that was featured on the show. You were always there for me, the tender wind that carried me, a light in the dark, shining your love into my life. You've been my inspiration, through the lies you were the truth, my world is a better place because. Oh, 
For me, it was perfect. You were the bomb. Thank okay, you. it's a no from Paula, but it's a yes from me. Learn some younger songs, though. Learn some younger songs. You're 16. Welcome to Hollywood. Yes, yes, yes. God, you're obnoxious. After gracing North American TV screens with renditions of songs like A Broken Wing, I Who Have Nothing, and Fighter, Jordan won the entire competition on May 23rd, 2007, and when I tell you guys that I was ecstatic, I can't stress enough, like I said, I've always been a huge Idol fan, and this was the first time that my favorite won. Like, this was a huge deal, so I was set. I was like, I am going to be supporting this girl in her career forever. And I'm proud to say that I have. Not many American Idols went on to have successful music careers, so the pressure was on for Jordan to prove that she was not just some competition winner, and that she actually had the potential to be a valuable pop artist. She embarked on the American Idols Live Tour 2007 in the summer of that year, with the top 12 finalists from that season, and was also recording her debut album in the process. So all of this was happening in the span of a couple of weeks, literally. You can only imagine a 16-year-old, how she felt winning a competition, getting a record deal, going on to Tour right away and having this fan base off the bat it's a lot of pressure the american idol tour was it was amazing it was one of the best experiences i've ever had i've never sang that much in my life we were doing five shows a week and i was singing eight songs a night so it was a lot for me to handle and then at the same time i had to record the album so add that on top of that and it's pretty stressful barely any sleep it was really really crazy but the cool thing was that it taught me a lot about myself it taught me a lot about how far i can push myself how long it takes me to recover if i lose my voice what the audience responds to what they don't how to work the stage it actually showed me what kind of stamina i have with the weird sleep schedules and having to put on an amazing show and give people what they paid for every night. So it was really crazy and I would not trade it for anything. It was amazing. It was like, who's going on tour with nine of your best friends? I mean, what could be better than that? Her debut single, This Is My Now, which served as her inaugural American Idol single, was already making airwaves. So the label knew that they had something valuable with Jordan. She had said that she recorded some songs on the album while she was on tour, but that the bulk was recorded in the following weeks after the tour in LA, stating that the album would be top 40 radio-friendly uplifting stuff, hopefully mixing the pop rock sound of inaugural idol Kelly Clarkson with the R&B edge of Beyonce. She wanted that mix of pop and R&B, and this album definitely gave us that. My album, which is called Jordan Sparks, it's just self-titled. I couldn't really think of anything cool to name it, so <laughs> I just kind of went with my name. Um, but I like my name, so it works. But my album has been... Uh, in the works for a very short amount of time. I mean, when Idol ends, we had to go and just start recording. So it was really crazy trying to do it on top of the tour. And uh, after the tour ended, uh, like September 23rd, I had until about the beginning of October to fit all the time I had to record songs. And I think by the beginning of October, I had 20 songs done. And uh, we chose from there what songs to put on the album, what to use as bonus songs. I feel really blessed that I got the opportunity to be able to write on this album. This is the first time I've written songs that actually get to be heard like nationally. I've written all my life, like I love to write poetry, I love to write stories. Um, so in seventh grade, I, I had this notebook that I just wrote everything down, whether it be poetry or something that somebody said or a catchphrase or something that would work for a song. And um, I kind of drew my inspiration from there. So it was this the first time that, I mean, it, it got to be put on the album and people get to listen to it and people get to say whether or not they like it. And so it's, uh, it's 
been a great opportunity for me. She hooked up with many of music's top producers of the time, such as Stargate, Joe Mr. Berg, The Underdogs, Bloodsheen Avon, Class Ahlan, and more. The Swedes were working with our girl, and she was going for that pop gold. <laughs> there were four singles that ended up being released from the album, technically three singles if you don't include the inaugural single from Idol, but of course we have to include that darling because that's how she was brought into this world. This is why now Tattoo, No Air, and One Step at a Time were the songs that were the singles. We're gonna get into them. This is my now. This was her now and that was her top moment. It was her winning Idol moment. So what better to start with? The winner of American Idol 2007 is Jordan Sparks! That was the moment that Jordan Sparks won American Idol and she performed her inaugural single, This Is My Now. It was a song written by Jeff Peabody and Scott Crepain, written for the winner of season six of American Idol. Both Jordan Sparks and Blake Lewis recorded versions of the song and performed them during the finale week of Idol. While Lewis's version was panned by the judges, Jordan's was praised. And to be honest, and to be fair, I think it's clearly more fitting for Jordan to sing, but that's just the name of the game, you guys. They had to sing whatever song was chosen for the winner, so alas, Jordan was the champion here. The song is your classic cliche song about making your dreams come true, that they had every single American Idol winner sing, Think a Moment Like This by Kelly Clarkson, or Do I Make You Proud by Taylor Hicks. Bet you that's an name you haven't heard in a while. The song didn't do too much on the charts. It still reached the top 20. It reached number 15 in the US. It reached number 41 in Canada, a little under compared to the previous winners of the show, but like I said, it still reached top 20, so it showed the labels that there was definitely public interest in Jordan, and that this was just the beginning. And again, this was a song written for the winner of Idol. It wasn't written for Jordan, it was written for, for, for whoever to sing. It's not really an accurate depiction of her sound. It's just kind of like, you know, the American Idol association of it all. Her real first single was this next gem right here, Tattoo. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You mm. feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, right? Yeah, oh, I'm, trying, yeah. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, need, We gonna have this like bro, Me and my man Like me and my man Kyle We be like I don't know We play with, we play with this <laughs> shit right now I gotta lie We play with this shit right now For for. Oh, I gotta lie Don't play with it, play with it. No. Take that shit sir. Funny thing about Tattoo Is it was the first song I heard to be put on my album It was the first song pitched to me I listened to it And I didn't even get through the course being played to where I was like, I have to have this song. I have to have it. I loved this song the first time I heard it. So I was just like, hey, let's put it on and maybe um, it'll work for the album. And it ended up being my first single. Tattoo was the official lead single from Jordan's debut album, released on August 27th, 2007. It is a pop and R&B song and was written by Amanda Ghost, Ian Dench, and Stargate. 
comprised of Michael S. Erickson and Tor Eric Hermanson. When Jordan was first pitched the song, she said that she immediately fell in love with it. And in an interview with Digital Spy, she said that Tattoo is a song that can go so many different ways. Some people think of it as a breakup song. But for me, it's about somebody who comes into your life and really touches you, be they a friend, a family member, or someone you're in a relationship with. You know, with that kind of person, you can't just erase them from your memory if things go wrong. They're stuck there, like a tattoo. Just like a tattoo. Tattoo was one of the first songs that I, I heard for my album, and I didn't get through the first course being played that I was like, I have to have this. Uh. I absolutely have to have this for my album, and they were like, it's yours, you can have it. I almost like passed out. I was freaking <laughs> out so much. It was cool. such a great song when I heard it, and I was like, I cannot wait to be able to put my own spin on it and yeah. be able to put it out there. And so I was really excited about that, and then it was played on the radio for the first time, like... I can't remember the date, but it was like 7.30 in the morning, and we had just gotten in from the tour, and um, so everybody's asleep, and I had just done an interview, and uh, they played the song, and I just sat on my bed and bawled. I was crying. Oh, that is so cute. I was cute. like, oh my gosh, and I wanted to call somebody, but everybody was asleep, so it was just like, okay. She even went so far to say that the song was Beyonce-ish, which honestly isn't a stretch, you guys. The instrumentals are extremely reminiscent of Beyonce's Irreplaceable, which was a huge hit earlier that year. The music video for the song was directed by Matthew Rolston and premiered on Yahoo Music on November 2nd, 2007. Remember, this was before Vivo and all music video premieres being on YouTube, so Yahoo Music was where you premiered your video. <laughs> the video is all fun and innocent, perfect for a 16, 17-year-old showing Jordan being followed by a guy she likes, leading her to a carousel merry-go-round where it is beauty shots galore. There's even a cameo by American Idol runner-up Blake Lewis who appears on the carousel in the video. And Jordan, fun fact, actually recorded a second video for the song. This was for the European release in September 2008 when interest of the song was re ignited when no air was such a success in Europe. Tattoo was reignited and they made a new video and this one was directed by Scott Spear and shows what appears to be a college gathering where all the guests' tattoos seem to bring them closer together. How clever. Many critics believe that Jordan was channeling early Mariah Carey with her vocals on the song and of course pointed out the similarities to Beyonce's Irreplaceable, even drawing comparisons to Rihanna's Umbrella and JoJo's Too Little Too Late. Basically, the song fit in perfectly with all the other pop R&B top 40 girls of the time, so it's not a surprise that it was a big hit. And it did really well on the charts. It reached number three in Canada, number five in Australia, and number eight in the USA, making it her first ever top 10 single, and set off what would be a slew of hit singles from this album. I'm very excited to tell you guys about this new company that I've been working with. In our COVID times, you know that small businesses are booming right now. And this small business is one that I can ride or die for. Jaden Collections Boutique. Jaden Collections Boutique has everything from fun accessories like jewelry, bracelets, and masks to keep yourselves protected from COVID to personalized crewnecks and t-shirts and other different clothing items. Small business mama that is making it happen for herself. If you guys go on her Instagram at Jaden Collections Boutique, you can take a look at all the fun things that she has to offer and also the link to her website. If you guys decide to purchase a little something, make sure to enter the code PLANET2000 in the checkout in order to get 20% off of your order. That is PLANET2000 to get 20% off of your order at Jaden Collections Boutique on Instagram. We love to help out a small business and we love to see them thrive at Jaden Collections Boutique. Back to the pod. The second official single from the album was the duet with Chris Brown, No Air. 
The song is easily Jordan's biggest single and is even one of Chris's biggest singles in terms of pop radio airplay. The song is a bonafide, undeniable smash. I don't make the rules, you guys. It just is. It was released as the second official single on February 11th, 2008. Co-written by James Fauntleroy II, Harvey Mason Jr., Steve Russell, Eric Griggs, and Damon Thomas, the song is the perfect blend of a pop and R&B ballad made for the radio airwaves in the late 2000s, you guys. It just screams that era. It's so perfect. Originally, the song was written for a male singer, but once Jordan actually heard the song, she knew that she had to have it, and Mason agreed to give her the song, but on the condition that they make it an event, that they make it a big moment. So obviously that meant a duet, and that's when Chris Brown was brought into the picture. We have no air that we have today as we know it. A music video was directed by Chris Robinson. The video begins with Jordan playing the piano in her home before making a phone call that goes straight to voicemail. Obviously, this is Chris's phone. She draws a heart shape on a foggy window and starts to sing before Chris himself appears, wiping a foggy glass in his bathroom. He leaves his home and starts to walk around New York. Jordan does the same thing, heading to the Brooklyn Bridge. There are shots cut in between of Chris heading to Jordan's home, and you guessed it, they meet each other by the piano and start to sing passionately to each other. It is a super cute video, and it suits the song pretty well and it's classic 2000s cheese, and I fucking love it. <laughs> the video was very successful, and it was even nominated for an MTV VMA at the 2008 ceremony for Best Female Video. It lost to Britney Spears' Piece of Me, but as you know, Britney was having her huge comeback at that time, so nobody was gonna win against Britney. So just the fact that Jordan got a nomination was great. And fun fact about this VMAs in 2008, this year, the fans chose the nominees. So it was literally that popular that it was voted by the fans to be nominated. So people loved the song, and it did really, really well on all video networks and radio airwaves. It's a huge hit. Jordan performed the song with Chris Brown during the American Idol Top 8 Live Results Show on April 10th, 2008, and on Australian Idol later that year. The song was even covered on the then-popular show Glee. Yeah, I'm not a huge Glee fan, but I mean, I guess that's a big deal for the time. <laughs> it is easily Jordan's most successful single. The song reached the number one spot in both Australia and New Zealand. Elsewhere, it reached number two in Belgium, Ireland, and Israel, number three in Canada, the UK, and the USA, number five in the Czech Republic, number six in Denmark, number seven in Norway, eight in Austria and Switzerland, and ten in Germany. The list goes on and on and on and on. A worldwide hit. Basically, a worldwide smash. A bonafide, undeniable hit. It cemented Jordan as one of the most successful American Idol alums, and to this day, is one of the most successful songs from a past American Idol winner. No Air actually won the People's Choice Award for Favor Combined Forces, and more prestigiously, earned Jordan her first ever Grammy nomination in 2009 for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals. She lost the award to Robert Plant and Alison Krauss's Rich Woman, I'm sorry, who? But the fact that she earned that nomination is a testament to just how successful that song really was.
The third and final single that was released from this album was the dazzling pop smash One Step at a Time. It was written by Robbie Neville, Lauren Evans, Jonas Jaberg, and Mitch Hansen. It definitely has that Swedish feel to it. It was released as a single on June 10th, 2008, just in time for the summer, and she performed the song on the season finale of American Idol that year. This single is actually notable for setting a record for Miss Sparks. When it reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 at the end of August, Jordan became the only American Idol contestant ever to have her first four singles all cracked the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100. This album was really special, not just for Jordan, but for American Idol, the franchise in general, because it went on to prove that it wasn't just a one-off Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. No, they were making stars. Jordan continued that trend. When the songwriters were writing the song, they said that they actually had Jordan in mind the entire time, as they were familiar with her while she was competing on American Idol and how she auditioned in LA and didn't make it, but had the courage to come back again. And when writing the song, they imagined her heels walking on the sidewalk and that's why we kind of hear those footsteps at the beginning of the song and at the end. And eventually the song told Jordan's story and my story and everyone's story who pursues music according to one of the songwriters. A music video directed by Ray Kay was released in June of 2008 and revolves around Jordan taking a tour of the city as other people are going through different moments. And in fact, High School Musical alum Corbin Blue makes a cameo appearance in the video as a teen teaching his little brother to skateboard. And at the end of the video, Jordan flashes the palm of her hand to the camera with the words, I love you, Wendy, shown as an ode to a family friend who had recently died of melanoma. The single was another chart success for Jordan. It reached number two in New Zealand, number 11 in Canada, number 12 in Australia, number 16 in the UK, and number 17 in the USA. Another notable track on the album is the Bloodshine Avant produced song, See My Side. But I bet you guys didn't know this. The song was originally written for pop icon Britney Spears for her 2007 album Blackout. When interviewed by Rolling Stone about the Blackout album late last year, one of the song's writers, Christian Carlson, told the publication that Britney had actually recorded the song, and it was a song that was created with Swedish singer Robin during the same recording sessions where the song Piece of Me was created. Britney, however, never finished recording the song because she became way too emotional every time she went onto the booth, and she recorded it but could never finish it. The lyric in question that Britney couldn't make it through was See My Side and I'll See Yours Better, because the song was about having some mercy from the vicious public eye, and we all know what Britney was going through in that time, and she just couldn't get through the song. It was a hit too close to home for her. And Britney may not have finished the song, so it was given to Jordan, and she sings it beautifully. So I would highly recommend giving that track, in particular, a listen. While we're on the topic of Bloodshine Avant, the songs Shy Boy and Youngin' in Love that are on this Jordan Sparks album were also originally supposed to be Britney's. She recorded them, but eventually passed on them. They were given to Jordan. See My Side is especially beautiful, and I believe it should have been given the single treatment for Jordan, but that's just me. I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. This album was released when things were changing in the music world. Social media sites like MySpace and Facebook were just starting to gain traction, illegal downloading sites like LimeWire were hotter than ever, and TV stations like MTV and BET were seeing a major decline. So the way that albums were being promoted were very different from the way they were being promoted earlier in the decade. The advantage that Jordan had over other artists, however, was the fact that the entire country already knew who she was before her album came out because they had voted for her to win on American Idol. So the hype and anticipation for her 
album was already there when it came time to launch her music. Snippets of the songs on the album were posted to her YouTube page, and she confirmed her tracklist on MySpace. Jordan supported the album by performing live anywhere she could. She scored a spot opening for Alicia Keys on her 2008 As I Am tour, which was quite big for her. Um, I think I'm as prepared as I'm going to be. I don't know what can prepare you for touring a country you've never been in. Um, but I got to, I actually got to go for promotion about a month ago, but I didn't see very much because I saw the inside of a car and inside of a building. But um, I'm really excited to be able to go and to be with Alicia Keys is amazing. She is so amazing. I look up to her. I grew up on her music. So to be able to sing and perform for her is um, it's gonna be amazing. And It'll not be the first time I've left my family, but I get to bring my grandma with me. So. And she even co-headlined a North American tour with Jesse McCartney titled Jesse and Jordan Live Tour. So she was already going on her own tour, opening for major artists, having top 10, top 20 hits, selling a ton of records, you know, so this was a great start to her career. The critical response to the album was generally quite favorable. Billboard magazine stated that Jordan brought a first effort that's all over the map, but it works. And Entertainment Weekly gave the album a B-plus rating, saying her debut is as effervescent fun as any post-idol bow. The album peaked at number 10 in the USA, and it sold 119,000 copies in its first week, and went on to sell well over a million copies in that country, earning a platinum certification. Elsewhere, the album reached number 10 in New Zealand, 12 in Canada, 17 in both Australia and the UK, coming to a combined total of over 3 million copies sold worldwide. And considering that, like I said, this was the beginning of the era of people not buying music anymore, 3 million copies is a lot. And you can only imagine how many people downloaded it illegally. So this was an incredible success for Jordan and something that she should be proud of. A Grammy nomination, top 10 singles, you know, platinum album, that doesn't happen to a lot of artists, especially out of the gate. So this album is quite iconic, if you ask me. So many amazing songs. My favorites on the album are One Step at a Time, Tattoo, and See My Side. I'd love to hear what your guys' favorites on the album are, so make sure to head over to my Planet 2000s page and let me know what your favorite Jordan Sparks songs are from this first album. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Enjoyed going down memory lane. Jordan just followed me on my Instagram page. So Jordan, if you are listening, thank you so much for being such an amazing artist. And, you know, I was a huge fan of yours growing up and I still am to this day. And it is an honor to be able to give you your flowers because you deserve them, queen. Having said that, I'll see you guys on my next episode. I love you all. Bye.